Welcome to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care Alliance podcast, exploring challenges and best practices in palliative care approaches for individuals in long-term care. How do we better support family, friends, and long-term care staff as they grieve the death of a long-term care resident? Joe Peters is a funeral director with more than 35 years of experience at funeral homes in Toronto. He has supported many family members and friends through grief, and he's also experienced a wide range of approaches to honoring the deaths of residents in long-term care. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. I'd like to start by asking you a little bit about how you became a funeral director and what that role involves. It was probably around the time that I was 16 or 17. My father ended up in a career in a factory. And as a teenage person wanting dad's car on Friday night, I would have to go to the factory, get the keys to the car, and then go back and pick them up at 11 o'clock when the shift ended. And walking into that factory, I knew at that point that is not a job for me. I know many people make good livings off of that, but I knew I didn't want to work in a factory working day to day. That is point number one. Number two is knowing that death is always going to be with us. I knew it was always going to be there. And thirdly, I had an uncle that was in the business. And the other part, uh, you know, just simply helping people and looking after that. I wanted something that was going to be sustainable and be around for a long time and also to help people. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about sort of a day in the life of a funeral director. I imagine it's different every day. Every day, yes, absolutely. It it is a completely different day. Basically, the day before we have an idea of what's happening the next day, we know that we have a funeral, we have a visitation, we have an appointment with a a family. But over the course of 9 p.m. till 9 a.m., 12 hours have passed, a lot can happen overnight. Deaths can occur overnight, families have questions, they've thought things over. So a normal day in the life of the funeral director is getting to work, making sure everything is ready for that day, planning of who's going to meet with a certain family, contacting families, talking to them about, uh, you know, the passing of a loved one that might have taken place overnight, and just speaking to them, trying to get some general information and setting up an appointment to meet with them. And I would think that it's a job that requires a great amount of emotional intelligence or empathy because every day you're dealing with people who are dealing with a loss. And so that would require a certain type of personality, I would think. It absolutely does. You know, I look at myself and I think how I would feel in that situation and how you want to be treated. And I think that's the same in any career or any profession is I want to be treated the way someone's going to treat me. When people lose a loved one, a lot of compassion is obviously there, empathy, and just letting people know that we're there to help them throughout every step. And to me, the one most important thing is letting people know that there is no correct way. There's no cookie cutter formula that says you have to do this, this, and this. Letting people know if you're not ready for that, okay, let's talk about this or let's do that. So I think it's important to let people know that it's done in any order that they want to do things and that there is no right way, there is no wrong way. It's whatever way they are comfortable with in approaching the arrangements and details of their loved one's passing. In long-term care, that's often the last home for the residents and that many residents die in long-term care as opposed to hospital. 
As a funeral director, can you tell me a little bit about the role of the funeral home in looking after a resident who has died in long-term care? So we have a good relationship with a lot of nursing homes and long-term care facilities. The relationship that we have with them is a dignified one where they have cared for a person's family member for possibly months, weeks, or years, and that we now have to take on that responsibility of care for their loved ones. Oftentimes now, families want to remain at the care facility until the funeral home staff has been dispatched. Some families might have been there for 8, 10, 12 hours and just want to go home and relax. But it's our job to coordinate with the long-term care facility as well as family when is a convenient time for us to look after that. Right. So when you arrive, you might be seeing family members and, of course, you know, need to offer that compassion and empathy that you discuss. But I would imagine the long-term care staff are also grieving. These are residents that have become almost like family for them. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, sometimes they see family members more than the actual family do. It is a loved one for them as well. They have become emotionally attached to them. They care for them. They know their pains, their woes. They know their families. And I think it's important that the relationship that long-term care facility staff have with patients and their families is very important. And we just try ourselves to fit into that role as best as we can to help facilitate the transfer of a family's loved one into our care from the care of the long-term facility. Now, I understand that you have witnessed some very different approaches to sort of honoring the life of a resident in long-term care once they pass. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about what you've experienced. One is Sunnybrook Hospital here in Toronto, the Veterans K-Wing. They have always done an amazing job there. There is a nice ceremony that takes place there where the chaplain comes, prayers are recited, a Canadian flag to honour their military background is placed on top of the stretcher as we exit the care facility. It's just a beautiful, wonderful experience and a tribute and honour to our veterans that have provided. The other one was a care facility here in the city of Toronto as well. When I went there, this was my first time going to that care facility, I pulled up to the front door with the vehicle and my coworker and said, okay, which door do you want us to go around to the back to? And she said, no, 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 that's not what we do here. Our residents come in the front door, our residents leave through the front door. We'll take you up to the room, we'll introduce you to the family, we'll introduce you to the care workers, and then we will look after things from that point on. I said, well, what does that mean? She said, we have an honor guard, we have music that's played, staff, residents, everyone that wants to take part in this event can do so. We went up to the room, met the family, did the transfer of the patient from the bed onto our stretcher. We were greeted there with a staff member who placed a beautiful quilt over top of the stretcher. The hallways were lined with residents, the hallways were lined with staff. We went down the elevator, the main elevator that everyone uses, not some backdoor freight elevator and residents and staff alike aligned the hallway as we exited. Some cried, some clapped, some just hugged each other. It brought tears to my eye because I thought this is the way to do it. This is the way to honor someone and remember who they were. I did speak to the care facility after that. I said, what if a family doesn't want this? And they said, we ask families because some families are private. Some families might not even be there. And they just said, we don't automatically assume this. We offer it. 
And I also find that some residents can be upset by this as well, seeing a neighbor, a resident, a friend exiting the care facility for the last time in that manner. Something I've always found in long-term care facilities is they are open and wanting to do whatever is best for the family because, as I said, there's no cookie cutter. The one formula doesn't meet everyone's needs. Some people want to do things one way, others want to do it a different way. I was very touched by that, and I know it's something they still do now, and it's just simply you know, heartfelt when I see that, how a resident was honoured. It sounds like it aligns so well with what you do at the funeral home in terms of that sense of respect and sense of ritual and certainly doing what it is that the family and or the resident was hoping to have at the end of life. Correct. It sounds though like that doesn't always happen that way. You mentioned, you know, going around to the back. It doesn't. I don't think care facilities, whether it's hospitals, nursing homes, long-term care, were ever really thought about of what do we do after a person dies? And so, yes, yeah, sadly, a large number of these places, we do just simply exit out the back door where shipping and receiving is. And this is not the way loved ones should be treated. We talked a little bit about the staff grieving as well. I wonder, because you deal with grieving families all of the time, what kind of advice you might give to long-term care staff in terms of supporting family and loved ones at the time of death? What kind of tools or, or what kind of advice could you give them? I think it's just simple is listen to the family and see what their needs and wants are and do what it is they're asking of you. And if they want privacy, offer them privacy. If they want to have this ceremony, then allow them to have it. But I just think it's so important in everything in life is that we listen. Listen to what people want. Listen to what people are telling us and follow through on the concerns that families have. I think that all the long-term care facilities are doing a wonderful job. We have gotten through, not completely, COVID. That was a challenging time for all. And I just think that what they're doing is amazing and continue what they're doing and just show love and support to the residents and their families. What one worker has, their beliefs and how they were raised, might not be in a line to what the family is that they're serving, but I just think people need to be open to other people's religious and ethnic needs, what they expect. That's a really interesting point because I can imagine as a funeral director, you would have people of different religions and ethnicities coming in and, you know, you kind of have to hold your own personal beliefs at a distance when helping them work through what they would like, right? It's important, I think, for funeral directors to have an open mind. And I find that very interesting to learn these new traditions and customs about people's religions and how they care for loved ones after death. Is there training or education that you would recommend around grief and bereavement and supporting people? My go-to grief support is Bereaved Families of Ontario, BFO. They are the one large province-wide based grief support group. They are amazing at what they do. They generally have different groups for each individual person's needs, whether it's loss of a child, loss of a parent, loss of a partner, and they do a fantastic job. And it sounds like to me one of the big areas that's important for you in particular 
is really seeing that transition. So that respectful transition at the end of life for a resident into your care. You mentioned that phrase quite a bit. And I really like that idea of, you know, transitioning into your care from long-term care. It is such an important part of grieving out of the funeral. When we take possession of the body from the long-term care facility, hospital, nursing home, wherever it might be, it is an important part. And we take all respect looking after the person's loved one because we now have to help that family in the next step in their journey of looking after the arrangements for their loved one in that. And I think it's very important. And it's something that we fully respect and honor being able to assist a family with that. And not only just grief, but also celebration, I think. You you mentioned in a long-term care home how it was like an honor guard and, you know, some people were clapping. And I would think in the funeral home, too, you're balancing that grief and mourning, but also perhaps celebrating a life well-lived. Celebration of life is something that's really progressed a lot in the funeral service industry in the last number of years. Families say, you know what, this is where we can talk about who dad was. And what I always suggest to families is when they're going to have this celebration of life, have maybe four different people honor your loved one. Because I think it's important for people to get a full perspective of who their loved one was. I find it very important and interesting is learning about those people and the lives that they lived. And I think it's amazing how we can encompass a person's life through the thoughts of different people and different people's perspectives. So to have a different perspective of who grandpa was or who our dad was or who our neighbor was through a colleague, through a neighbor, through a grandchild, I think it's amazing. And celebrations of life really capture who that person is. And so do you see that as being part of grieving and bereavement? Absolutely. Talking about a person and celebrating their life is a huge part of grieving. People need to understand that a life has to be recognized. A person has lived a life and we need to honor them, respect them. And having that celebration helps people to recognize that, yes, mom, dad lived a wonderful life, and all these people are here sharing their stories, most of them happy stories, sometimes sad, but just reminiscing about who that person was and acknowledging that they lived a life. We recently had a funeral where a group of ladies have been in contact for over 60 years. They all went to the same private high school here in Toronto, and they still have their sisterhood. And one lady called and said, I haven't seen so-and-so in over 60 years, but she was such an important part of my life. The family member that I gave the message to just started crying. They said, I can't believe that she remembered mom from over 60 years ago. And to me, that is something that helps people get through grief, help them recognize their loved one, and just to start to move forward. What's the favorite part of your work, Joe? My favorite part of work is helping families, meeting with families, and just giving it my all that I can give. The important part of my job now is helping families any time of the day, day or night. There's no right time. There's no wrong time because we need to be available. To me, that's where I get the most joy and satisfaction in my job is helping families, making families' lives a bit easier to get through this difficult time. That's beautiful. Thank you for speaking with me today, Joe. It was a real pleasure. I appreciate it as well. Thank you very kindly. You've been listening to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care podcast. For more information about our project, visit spaltc.ca.